0: Lucid Strata. A world building and storytelling actual play podcast. In which an arts graduate and an engineer use generative systems to craft fictional settings grounded in reality. When you wake from your dreams, do your dreams end for good? When you close the book on the story, does its world continue on without you? This is a podcast dedicated to those worlds, little fragments of reality ticking on by themselves long after we have left them behind. Welcome to Looted Strata. I'm LJ, I use they, them pronouns, and this is Ed. Say hi, Ed. Hi, Ed. And you can find me at Losinabar on Twitter. And you can find me sharpening my knife
1: and cleaning my conscience. Whew.
0: <laughs> what an energy to get in on this with. God damn. We're going it's, hard it's, uh, today, boys, girls, and other friends of ours. It's 100%. That, that is uh, for the the one line
1: from the Master and Commander books which really sticks in my head and we're trying to get everyone out of their hammocks in the morning and the bosuns... Uh, one of the boatswains comes marching down the end goes, come on, everybody up, here I come with a sharp knife and a clear conscience. And I'm
0: like, <laughs> yes, 100%. Oh, holy shit. I should read, um, I was going to say I should read the Master and Commander books. They are mostly boat stuff, right? They are mostly boat stuff. It's ah. strong. Uh, I've I've researched twelve hundred facts about boats, and I'm going to get them all in before mm. the end of this story arc. Um, Did you know that? Energy forecastle is pronounced folksle We're we're gonna we're gonna linger on this for two hundred pages. Um, <laughs> good movie though. He does. He does some wildly
1: inconsistent things with accents as well. It's it's very interesting. Uh, exactly. and, and of course, you have the delightful combination of nineteen seventies racism and uh, you know Napoleonic era racism.
0: Oh, what a confluence! It's um,
1: it's it, if it like the the one redeeming thing you can say about that is that it's not as bad as the sexism. <laughs> oh no! It's yeah. They're they're they're, they're of their read time.
0: master and commander. Except as a historical think... artifact, is what I'm hearing. Oh, de- no. Like
1: de- de- definitely worth reading. Just like read it with a, with a good hard eye roll, ready to ready to go whenever they say something slightly out. And I think you know, his heart's in the right place. But boy, howdy, it's it's the the rest of him is not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, anyway yeah well the movie does have Russell Crowe in the only time I can be like Russell Crowe is okay and uh, Paul Bettany being a great Dr. Twink and they have a beautiful romance together that's okay. what I got of that movie <laughs>
1: Can't describe maturing as Dr. Twink <laughs> 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 uh, uh, okay I, I do what I like <laughs> and I like what I
0: see SpongeBob SquarePants. Um, so, we should do a podcast. As you can tell, we're a world building podcast uh, using tabletop games and other systems to generate settings, worlds, and stories about settings. <laughs> I'm a, a monster, and Ed is fine. Um, so where we last left off, we were in the Delta of the Thousand Blades, halfway through our. Well, we we have no idea how far through the second era we were, but we we had set up our. Um, we'd set up the setting, the Delta of the Thousand Blades, where there was a great sword fight that decided the ownership, a legendary event between two knights, one of whose swords shattered and folk etymology turning into the thousand blades themselves the many many rivers that thread this delta like so many silver silver threads i know words and yeah we went through that first we went through the first era with the high priestess and the many gods that live in all the rivers a schism between the acolytes her acolytes and her moving to the city in the north and continually coming back to plunder extra gods and take them back to their their whole situation at the end of that era the high priestess was assassinated and then we jumped forward 500 years to the era that we're in now an era of industry of water metal and sun steel and the devil's capitalism of armories of swords made of water inscribed with patents kept in armories of ideas and yeah we just had a barbecue on on the patio of alignment with the sun point at the burnt frog which is the most almighty pun, you keep coming up with absolute as of pub names. Whenever we were playing a cyberpunk game, and you came up with a an ex military bar called the Spent Round, and I'm so angry at <laughs> how good that is. Um, <laughs> you just keep doing it. And the burnt frog is being a brick a brickworks pun in a brickworks district It's just absolutely wild. And they were having they were putting frogs in the barbie, having round tables on the barges with administrators. Just a big like. A Christmas Carol-style business party um, between good people in a terrible system. Um, the, uh, the,
1: the note I have in my, in my notes is a, a big blah party with a benevolent Lord
0: Fozzie Bear. Yeah, um, yes. <laughs> and we discovered shadow puppets and raft racing as, as, as things that happen in this era, as, uh, as sort of sports and entertainment. Definitely. Uh, sort of proto-cinema situation. Using magic lanterns and shit.
1: One day we should definitely try to do a world building uh, challenge where every time we draw a card or whatever, we have to provide an answer within sixty seconds. Because <laughs> oh, I, see, I feel speed like, run what, I, yeah, like <laughs> speed run it. Yeah, speed world building. I feel like what's happened so far with this is uh, we discuss an idea and then uh, one of us either sits there going, "Ah, oh, goddamn, how do I articulate this?" Um, or probably me goes off on a tangent about medieval attitudes to printmaking or something um <laughs> and we and we lose 10 minutes discussing that
0: and i think that's fine that's what i want out of this podcast would, hopefully the audience do too <laughs> there's an audience for everything ostensibly <laughs> What a beautiful silence! <laughs> um, yeah, so we're gonna keep we're gonna go on where we left off halfway through uh, era two, the industrial era. Um, so we just drawn our second three, and we're about to draw another one. It's your turn, I believe. It is, and uh, well, you see, we just drawn our second three. We're about to draw, we're about to draw another card. I, I yes. hope it's not another three because that would be annoying. It is not. As as before, we're drawing from a tarot deck, and we've got a deck of major arcana in case we need inspiration. And we've got nine of wands. Uh, we've got a a sullen-looking fellow holding a wand, a, like a big club staff, and a bunch of staffs just stood up straight behind him. So he's sort of a grumpy man in front of a, 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 a sort of a thicket of wands. So which nine is that? Is that our first, second nine? It must be our, like. third one. You know what would be one.
1: really useful is if I'd actually got the freaking rule book up again.
0: <laughs> it's our last nine. It's nine four. Do you want me to read it out for you or are you... Have you got it? Uh,
1: yeah, no, I haven't got it. If you want to read out, that would be good
0: <laughs> uh, We're playing. We're continuing The Ground Itself, by the way. I completely forgot to mention that. Uh, Everest, Pipkin's, The Ground Itself. Go buy it. It's good. It's incredible work. New information about a past event is uncovered, casting it in a dramatically different light. What was found, and how does it change how the past is perceived? That's huge. Hot damn uh god
1: especially because we spent so much time um outlining the uh um the like foundational myth and how it's permeated everything else we built here
0: Mm. oh god we've also got the option of the history of the we've got that library that we found sort of that waterlogged library we found in the heart of the city got some options here so new information
1: about a past event is uncovered the the way in which it's uncovered is is an interesting thing as well Mm. so uh we've entered a bit of an industrial age one of the things which happened in our world um with the advent of an industrial age was is a kind of renewed interest in uh in in history by those industrial classes you know you get a lot of rich people going uh, as a hobby, I'm going to uh, do archaeological digs with terrible um, so, you know, standards mm. on all of the uh, uh, ancient monuments on this piece of land that I now own. You ever wanted to eat um, a mummy?
0: Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, archaeologists. Oh yeah, boy. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the
1: British upper classes have a lot to answer for, but mm-hmm. eating the world's mummies is definitely one of them.
0: <laughs> yes. God damn it.
1: So... Uh, I'm going to say a similar kind of thing happens. There's a bit of a, especially because there's a lot of new money floating around. And the, the thing that new money likes to do is make itself look like old money. And so, you know, if you've got a bunch of old reliquaries and artifacts and, um, uh, 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 you know, ancient relics in your collection, then you look like your family's been around a long time. So there's a bit of a culture of this happening. And one of the things it's doing, there's a particular site in the city, which is potentially a candidate for that first battle. Um, or, 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 well, we've got, we've got a lot of silt and stuff and rivers moving around, so maybe it's a place where the ground is being eaten away by uh, the river, and as mm. it does so, stuff is falling out. And this is something that actually happens a lot in uh, London, where I'm from. Um, the river, uh, you know, we, for a couple of thousand years, we've got garbage and, and rubbish heaps that have been put next to the river and grave sites and all that kind of thing. Uh, And now the river's changed course and it's gradually eating them away and depositing all those things out onto the foreshore and mudlarks pick them up and put them in museums.
0: Mudlarks being people, not birds.
1: (laughs) Sorry, yes, mudlarks being uh, people uh, in in modern times, people who walk up and down the foreshore looking for archaeologically significant bits. There is uh, Laura Ingram, I think her name is, um, who uh, runs a mudlarking Instagram account and has written a couple of very interesting books about it. But go follow her stuff. Super, super interesting. Yeah, so there's this particular piece of ground where the uh, ground, ground itself a, a- is being uh, eaten away by the river, and it's become commonly accepted that this is a a good candidate for the, the site of the first battle. You know, you get knives um, coming out of the mud. You get helmets. Um, maybe you get bits of broken sword, and so people are asking, you know, what's going on here? Uh, I'm going to say... That co mingled with, we've got artifacts from one civilization, artifacts from another civilization, because there's you know there's the whole idea, there's these two armies that are clashing. I'm going to say that co mingled with this stuff is um, uh, helmets and swords that are consistent with a third polity. Oh. And nobody really knows what's going on there, but the, the idea that, um, you know the the whole myth is based on you know it's A versus B. It's a big fight between two people, and outside one, but you know the champion on the other side was an honourable opponent, all that kind of thing. Now they've got a third group mixed in there, and nobody is really in agreement about what that means. But everyone is now falling into one of two camps: either one, this is complete nonsense; it means nothing. Uh, possibly it means that the site that everybody thought was the site of the battle isn't the site of the battle, or whatever, um, or two. Uh, the this foreign group is there as mercenaries, um, and uh, you know it, it it means that this wasn't the 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 duel between two champions that everyone thought it was. Maybe it was an actually proper battle, and and everyone is kind of going well. You know, do, does this does this mean that the foundational myth of the city is rubbish? Or can we discredit this new evidence that's turned up? Mm. The fun thing about this game is like like LJ was saying, if you can go for all sorts of different things, you could have gone for, for two or three other events that we've discussed. But uh honestly, I, I kind of like eating the frog. Um like just grab grab the biggest thing and take a big old juicy bite out of it.
0: Yeah, go big, go home, pick one. Never the twins will meet. <laughs> we can we can mix more um
1: aphorisms if we like.
0: Yeah. Um never burn the same bridge twice (laughs) um cool i like that that's that's an interesting time i think and i get i i I get that there must be other like evidence for like oh these are the probably that this is consistent with the right time period and uh these are the two armies that we think were like and there's these other people hmm okay the i mean the other thing with this is it doesn't need to uh
1: to mean anything the conclusions that that are drawn about it don't need to mean anything it's like the, where
0: people are like is this king richard's the third's body because it doesn't have a hunchback or i i can't remember what the thing was with it when they found him but yeah yeah they're like um, he seems fine actually
1: he <laughs> seems there's a bit of scoliosis and that's about it yeah or the the other one is um the uh, the idea that the, the the city of troy was lost um I've seen some, again, caveat this hugely because I'm not a historian, I've seen some discussion lately that um, actually it wasn't lost. What actually happened was everyone knew it was this particular site uh, and then someone turned up from, I think, Germany, turned up and looked at it and went, yeah, no, the rivers don't look right. I don't think it's here. I think it's about 40 kilometers that way. Everyone went, oh, no, it's lost. We don't know where it is. (laughs) And then some other person goes to the site 40 kilometers away and goes, no, this is definitely not right, guys. And then the the this German archaeologist turns up back at the original site does some excavation and goes, no, guys, look, this is definitely Troy. And everyone went, wow, you've discovered Troy. And he <laughs> didn't
0: really discourage them from saying that. Yeah, it's good on the career if you find a place no one's ever been despite living there for thousands of years. <laughs> I'm drawing another card. We've got Six of Swords, which is uh, a gondola ride. There is some sort of long-haired person. Long blonde hair um, f- facing away in, in a boat. This person has like a gondola pilot, a gondolier, that's the word, pushing this boat along. And in the boat in front of the blonde person, or maybe they're just wearing a hair colored sack. It's hard to tell because they're looking away, but <laughs> probably not. Uh, there are six upright swords embedded in the f- the floor of the boat, which is fun and definitely safe so which six is this that we're doing now
1: i th- i think it's six number three
0: yeah okay yeah this is six three uh something small but noticeable is destroyed what was it and who or what destroyed it
1: this is a tasty one
0: yeah this could be really spicy Hmm.
1: oh man i realize i keep saying this is a tasty one everest if you're listening All these questions are tasty. (laughs) All these questions
0: are delicious um, to consider. Uh, Uh, This is a really interesting question because it's got to be small but big.
1: Small but – so, you know, um, there are uh, – one way to to approach identifying some of this would be just to start listing things which we regard as small – yeah. Do you do you want me to start listing things, or are you, are you turning <laughs> something over in your head? No,
0: I was going through some of our notes to see what's small, and I was like, a pub small, but um, like how small? What's the scale of this thing? Well, yeah, yeah. That's that's an
1: interesting question.
0: And what light do you want it to be? It could be something from the the battle that was discovered. The the site. Someone's destroyed something that makes that changes the light on on things and we don't get to find out what that thing was because it was destroyed um something that could have answered the question definitively someone's destroyed it or
1: you can run all the way down to uh to to the personal as well
0: yeah
1: but another nice thing about this game is that you can drop little uh neat personal vignettes in there as well
0: yeah absolutely um how big is a livelihood that's pretty I feel like it's pretty big, but how big is it in the scale of an industrial city where the devil reigns? Uh the card the devil reigns over over ind- industry. Uh over what people value. Um oh, what what story do I want to tell with this is the thing. Cause we could zoom in on um how this industry is damaging people's lives with that livelihood comment that I made. Or we could tell a story on how um the gods are being sort of sucked into this industry. So maybe it's a god that's destroyed. One of the smaller knives. Yeah, I think it's one of the, one of the smaller gods is destroyed and there's always another knife, so no one notices. Uh, but instead of being stolen away by Acolytes or, or, or the City of the North or instead of being sort of like moved from one knife to another or in the normal course of things flowing into and out of other gods. Um, it's wholesale taken as part of sort of an experiment, a new methodology for, or maybe an old methodology that someone's rediscovering, however old this is, and they take this god that no one will notice, and they, we had a really good line in the first episode, forging revenge. Into steel, that we ended up moving away from and to water. Uh, but I think someone manages to take this god and change them and freeze them in place in the way that you would take molten metal or you'd catch lightning and uh, the gods would catch lightning and hold it in your palm. Someone manages to obliterate the god in, in mobility and agency and turn it into the forging of an emotion, the forging of a feeling into the first metal of the god's aspect if you know what i mean
1: oh dan so we're going we're going very very philip pullman here
0: yeah i think this is also a very small thing because it's a very small god and someone's worked out how to do it but i think it's i think we zoom in on this isn't part of the big industrial districts. There's a few people who've set up their own, like, smaller workshops out in the, out in the main city. There are, there are plenty, I imagine there are plenty of these small temporary workhouses where people are doing their own local, like, one-on-one. Still, there's the small watersmiths out there doing bits and pieces or contracting for bigger firms, uh, bigger, like, bigger industrial houses. Um, and a few of these people get together one night and they steal a god uh and they turn this god into a metal of some sort they they make a god the aspect of the god manifest and destroy the god in the process like pinning a butterfly uh, to a wall (laughs) (laughs) but for utility purpose what so i i've got to push
1: you here what what aspect are they are they turning into you know are they trying to freeze or capture
0: what's the aspect of the god what would a small business want to what would a very small contractor want to use as their first test subject for this sort of thing, and they're not a big house I mean it's got to be something not noticeable, not big um maybe it's it's a god that's unlikely to pop up on the rotor, maybe it's the god of lazing in the sun on a Friday afternoon or something you know <laughs> <laughs> or it's the god, or it's a or it's a small god of ambition ooh, yeah, I like that better I think I think that I think Yeah, I think it's a small it's a small god of, of of ambition and aspiration. It's a spirit of that. There are bigger gods of ambition, obviously, but this one's a small and fairly new one and they've they've bottled it. They've stopped at lightning. Hold
1: down. Yeah. Feel bad for the god.
0: I, I wanna come up with a name for this god, because I think it's nice to Zoom in on this very small god, then maybe this won't change the course of history. Maybe it will, but like this god isn't important in any way. Um, um, I found a name for this god, hit me with it. Uh, so I was looking up synonyms of uh, ambition or aspiration, and there's an old, there's a more archaic word that's uh, born or burn b o u r n e as i guess it's a little bit the born supremacy, but maybe we can add an umlaut in there or something okay. <laughs> um but the idea of this god that's like called burn maybe it's b o u r n and they they somehow stop it and and put it on the anvil and they make they make this ambition metal out of it this burn metal
1: burn i did not i did not know uh that this was a uh a burn. Oh, that makes sense. A limit or boundary. A goal or destination. That's really interesting because I've seen that spelling in place names before, which, as as you know, is like a pet um, interest of mine.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: I always thought it was more like burn, as you know, like a, like a stream or river or something. Yeah. An ash burn. A limit or boundary. Ah, but that's really <laughs> interesting
0: because it's a word that. Oh wait. it's a word that's also a word for river or. Ba- oh, maybe that's what it means by boundary.
1: Oh uh, yeah, that would make sense. Place that usually chalk or downland countryside, right? Yeah. So if someone goes Ashburn, Ashbourne, for instance, would be yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is like the River Chess.
0: But it's also something that one hopes or intends to accomplish. Still searching for the burn that would make his life meaning. See,
1: now the other interesting thing meaning. about that is that burns, in in terms of that using that spelling for a river on chalkland, the the rivers are intermittent. So, like the River Chess, for example, which is a a eventually a tributary of the Thames, um, its source moves up and down because the it's on chalk land, and um, depending on where the water table is, the source is in different places. So it's you're you're searching for a a particular thing which isn't isn't always there.
0: And they've made it be there all the time. Oh, damn! That's
1: really yeah 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 yeah, yeah definitely yeah. Um, they've 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 nailed the gods.
0: Uh, They bottled the god burn for consistency. This won't have consequences. (laughs) Let me draw you a card. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we've got the eight of pentacles. Oh my god, Jesus Christ. We've got a picture of um, someone on a a workshop bench hammering a pentacle. (laughs) 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 They're like chiseling a pentacle. I'm like, oh Jesus Christ. (laughs) These cards are a little prescient. And this um, is, I
1: think, this is our second
0: eight. Uh, yeah, we've had an eight before. I know that much. We've had one
1: eight before. Yeah, yeah this is, is our second eight. Two. Eight two. The news is
0: dramatic, and tensions
1: are high. What is the news? How is this reaction physicalized in space? <sighs> I mean, the I I as you know, I love exploring consequences of things. Um, I kind of want to run with. Uh, the bottling of this god or the destruction of this god. Um, because for a society which is pretty, you know, like, laid back, but still pretty, you know, theocratic and, and god-based and stuff. Yeah. Especially with all the tensions around, well, we're an industrialising nation now, and so that's, like, got some tensions tied up in it and too. And we've
0: got the neighbouring city in the north with their own version of our cult, I guess, and they yeah. they take it way too seriously, and we're not all about that. Especially,
1: yeah, and, the, and then, you know... the. The the idea, oh man. Okay, so there's, there's a good ha- double handful of consequences here. The first one is uh, generalized outrage at oh my god, you, no, you 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 can't use that expression, I guess. The, what what the <laughs> fuck? You you've taken a god and you've literally destroyed it in order to cri- like you know uh, crystallize an aspect to physicalize an aspect of that god in, into the real world so you can use it whenever you want. That's kind of fucked up, guys, isn't it? So that's the first thing, and there's a generalized react, like counter react. uh, What's the word? Looking like, like a reaction to uh, the you know industrialization has gone too far. Science has gone too far. (laughs) Um, The the interesting twist of that is it's not the big industrial houses that's done this. It's a group of little artisans. Um, so there's definitely some big industrialists swanking around in you know, the way big companies like to do. Going, oh well, this is terribly irresponsible, and a proper professional company would never do this kind of thing. And I can't believe they've got away
0: with it. Please hand over your notes so we can go over this and how to do this safely. Please hand over all of your notes so we can prevent this. Yes,
1: uh, really, it's it's shocking that nobody hasn't regulated these little artisans out of existence. Um, you know, you oh, can't. No. This is. This isn't. This isn't two hundred years ago. You can't just go around bottling up gods and destroying them because you can. Hmm. I wonder which other gods we could do this with. Um, so that's. Those are definitely two reactions knocking around. Um, uh, there's there's the reaction within the internal artist community, uh, art, artist artism community, where they're like, like, guys, really, you did that? I don't know. E- equal parts, you know, uh, fascinated horror and. Uh, outrage, and also, again, making little um, mental lists of which other gods potentially they could do this with. <laughs> um, and then if you want to, uh, ah, now I've got to be careful here because the scope of the game is limited. You're not allowed to leave the, leave the kind of scope. Yes. But I think um, there is, probably by this
0: stage, there is
1: some semi-permanent presence of the,
0: faith of cups there'll be an embassy yeah yeah
1: in the city so maybe there's maybe there's a church or, a church Patriots, of cups, or there's a like, exactly, like the yes. pentecostals so they, have shown up you know it's well the one of the interesting things you see with uh christianity in europe is um american christians coming back to europe to re-evangelize uh europe because they think it's straight too far from yeah. christianity which is
0: you know it, it's its own kind of the division in american catholicism with the main Catholic Church at the minute, for example. There you go. Yeah. Exactly.
1: So I can, I can, maybe there's an evangelical uh, uh, Church of Cups um, who uh, has, you know, the, the Church of Cups has always suspected that maybe uh, the Faith of Swords is not taking their duty about looking after the gods uh, seriously enough. Mm. And lo and behold, here's the proof they've taken a God and they've just destroyed it so they could have something shiny. That's pretty fucked up. So then there's going to be a little bit of like, not international condemnation is the wrong phrase but there's there's that tension there too mm. how is this reaction physicalized in space
0: yeah what what uh, what happens in the city that this news sort of what what's the moment what's the thing that if there were newspapers would be on the on the front page i like, like or are other newspapers for example um i'm what does so, it look like as a newspaper yeah so I think the, the,
1: the way these, you know, you, you kind of see this in, in our reality as well. Even before you get to the newspaper stage and the public reaction stage, um, you get the, the mob stage, right? Mm. Um, I think the way this uh, happens first is f- firstly the news gets out. I don't think the people who've done it are particularly shy about it. You know, they're not. Yeah. It's not like they've done something forbidden. If they thought they were doing something bad, they probably wouldn't have done it unless yeah. they had a very good reason not. There's no rules on
0: so, making a god permanent, of fixing a god. Like, Yeah, maybe there's... Gods there, move around all the time. We put them on a rotor. They're utility. Exactly. And may, you know, may, maybe
1: some of them are arguing about whether or not the god has actually been destroyed. Maybe some of them are saying, you know, it has been destroyed, but actually it's no, nothing different to what's been done before, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think what the first thing that happens is uh, a, a large bunch of angry people uh, turn up at the workshop where this is alleged to have taken place, uh, and there's a bit of an altercation, then it spirals and gets out of hand, and, and that workshop is uh, basically trashed uh, and burnt to the ground. Oh shit! Um, and in the process, yeah. So, and, and in the process, I'm going to say that the the physical uh, artifact that they, you know, the relic that they have. Uh, pinned this aspect to uh, is lost uh, it's not make, not, I'm not saying it's destroyed I'm just saying there's a you know there's a big uh, calamity and the workshop is burned to the ground and there's the mob smashing things up and probably smashing up a couple of other workshops too because you know if that artisan's involved then how do you know the one over the street isn't involved also um, or just getting it wrong and smashing up the wrong window uh, and at the end of it all there's a load of mess and no one is completely sure where the artifact is
0: the, the idea of a mob attacking the workshop in which ambition was forged and ambition being lost is so much. <laughs> like this, like someone I made someone consider that aspect. Someone of it. made the spirit of industry, and then then, then the artifact itself was like lost <laughs> because of right because of reactionary riots, which is really interesting. Ah, oh, this is very cool. Okay.
1: I was thinking about this earlier, actually, and I don't know if you would agree with this characterization. I think one of the reasons you, you and I uh, tend to have so much fun with this kind of game, with this kind of exercise, is um, I tend to think in terms of uh, stuff happening, and you tend to think in terms of uh, pe- people happening. Um mm. Like it, the the classic example to me is is the burnt frog pub and the story around that because like I I probably would have told a story about the brickworks and about the processes there or about the pub and the different beers that are being sold or whatever Um and you chose to 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 tell a story about the engagement uh, the the big party and then a surprise engagement announcement um, <laughs> which is really nice like if I try to do this kind of exercise on my own they I have worlds i find really interesting and people who just bore me to fucking death living in them
0: um well, that's so one it, of the things it, it, i really love about our partnership in in this sort of thing is that i i get to say some bullshit and then you make it a thing that could possibly work <laughs> in this world <laughs> <laughs> i get to say some bullshit about like oh yeah they, they fix a god and you're like okay so what are the consequences of this and uh how does this work and Okay, yeah, um, we'll look at the mechanisms of this later. <laughs> it's like, yeah, thank you.
1: <laughs> Dope. Cool, okay, let's, uh, let's have another card.
0: Oh, yeah, a card for me. The Four of Wands. Um, there's some sort of celebration going on. There's a garland of flat, like, of flowers being held between these four wands. There's a few people in the foreground dancing with their hands full of flowers. There's a castle in the background and what seems to be a bunch of people either dancing or harvesting. Um, uh, yeah, it's very. These cards look really. I keep looking at these cards and thinking, ah, this is the delta because we've got these vivid yellow backdrops of the of the sky. It feels very sunny, but in a very medieval way for some of these cards. So we've got like this castle cliffs sort of situation, and then like a like a plain ground. And I'm like, ah, it's a beach. <laughs> We're in the delta. Um, Coleman Smith really knew what she was about when she designed these cards uh so which four is this um, four number two I think this is the second form I think yeah I'm just looking my this I think this is four number two so I've got a choice here Oh no <laughs> uh, so the bar opens their doors to all what is the bar and who is a regular hit there or the church changes a core mandate what is the church and what about their worldview has shifted or? A dedication to the faith takes up much of someone's energy what is the faith and who is drawn to it um in each of these the the concept that's at the core of the question is in quotes so that if you had a setting with no people in it um or no humans at least uh, you'd be able to sort of metaphorize that into into some way um but in this case i think this is very prescient <laughs> Uh, and also the card really maps onto this really well. So I think this is a dedication of the faith. I think this is a positive affirmation of, um, and I think there is a um, a public dedication back to the, the gods, I think. There's a significant contingent of people who are like, I don't think they knew that they were doing something wrong, but God's going to be angry. Um, so we better make it up to them. So they have they host a big propitiatory festival um i don't think propitiate when when you're trying to i guess propitiate someone um do you mean pet penitent um penitent festival more than penitents because they don't think they've done anything wrong they think there's one community member has done something wrong i think it's it's not about
1: like flagellation it's about a party no
0: yeah and it's not everyone who's done that it's a sort of an affirmation that the gods are powerful and we should you know um And I don't think it's everybody in the city. I think there are certain parts of the city that are getting more extreme about it. It's got a. (laughs) In my brain, it's half like um, May Day celebrations and half Clap for Carers, you know? (laughs) It's that sort of demographic (laughs) um, of the city of of people who are like, we should be being devout. And this is. We know that gods are real. We have them. We've had God sponsorships of like raft racing, and we've got like. Industrial gods and industries sort of collaborating on things, and now we've we've killed a god for the first time ever. I'm, I don't know much about the nature of gods either. In this set, we know that there's every knife has a god and every god a knife, but we don't know it, exactly the extent of their power and the extent of what they do well, and the extent of their sentience either.
1: Yeah. So let's um let's let's pull on some of the implications that we already know. Mm. So uh, we know. Uh, that the, one, it's a rotating set of duties. Yes, we do. Um, and uh, and from a rotating the... set of
0: people being, of gods being specifically worshipped as well.
1: Exactly, yes. Yeah. Um, and kind of tied into that, uh, the, the whole idea with this, you know, bottling or uh, uh, freezing of an aspect of a god uh, is that um, the gods, uh, I want to say the gods' favour is Intermittent. Right, or the god's yeah. attention is intermittent because the fact that you can bottle an aspect that you, that you physically can bottle an aspect of the god suggests that the power is always available, but it's not necessarily made available.
0: And that's why we rotate gods is because a god's not always flowing in in the way that we want it to. So it's like right, it's like a water wheel. You're not using the same part of the river all the time to power this water wheel. The river flows from upstream and goes downstream, so you've got to take into account. It, it's like if you had to pick which part of the river you were using at any time and you're like, well, that part of the river's downstream so we need to pick another god because it's coming down, you know?
1: Right, yeah. Um, so other things we know um, just from implication... Uh, oh, god damn, I had a really good one. For- oh, yeah, so um, there's the the aspect of uh, that we we talked about previously where it's almost like a Kami-type situation, you know, if you have one channel split into three um you've got the god of the of the first channel and then the gods of the three secondary channels mm. but that doesn't necessarily like you know it it doesn't diminish the first god that the channel then splits into three yeah further down um so there's that aspect um maybe there's also we we have quite a lot of um uh, of of this idea that uh the gods Come from one
0: place and end up in another place. Yeah, um, and potentially are all part of the same whole, especially because gods are in, in some way coming from the mainland and going to the sea. You know.
1: Yeah, definitely,
0: and the and we have also highlighted um,
1: the 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 clear. The, there's probably a lot of um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? theological ink uh, that's been put down about uh the god of the main river and the god of the sea you know those are two very important aspects of of life it's almost like the underpinning of the religion is the god of the main river and then the god of the sea and the two ceremonies that the uh the priests and priestesses are required to perform with those oh shit we have a
0: flooding season every year as well right
1: we have a flooding season every year as well so and there's wealth coming down river too and uh, you know so, as, as a I was thinking community. every
0: every year there's like a like as a season where we get like the etch sketch shake of gods
1: <laughs> <laughs> is that maybe oh, when man. that's when the
0: marriage happens uh you marry the sea and you marry the river and then the floods recede <laughs> and then maybe some of the some of the gods are the same and some of the gods are different yeah so but that's, we know that they're so that's there. interesting so and that's how you know it's the same river as the gods there
1: yeah oh damn yeah, yeah 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 definitely
0: um and then i mean, i guess
1: more fundamentally the fact that uh this is not just you know if if uh if you want to approach it scientifically in our world um religion is uh it's a matter of faith and that's kind of separate from uh what what you might call scientific uh, objective reality um, but in this world, there's crossover between the two. Like, you know, you you can ask the gods for X, Y, and Z, and it actually does result in an effect. Um, and I think, actually, uh, this uh, pinning down of the aspect of, of, of a particular god is the first time we've made that tangible. That's the first thing I can think of that mm. we've done, which couldn't be explained as... Human religion. There is something yeah. uh, divine and tangible happening here. So that that's the other implication. You know,
0: is that in doing this to the god, they've made their power more manifest and more controllable in a way exactly. that before so it's we... very um, whimsical. I guess not whimsical. Uh, you know, like well, flows no, like no, the mercurial, flows like the wind.
1: Even even like more water. than that. Like I can't. I can't. Looking at my notes, I can't see anything before now where we've mentioned a god where where the god is a necessary thing like couldn't right. just be all in your head for example that, yeah. that's what i'm trying to say
0: yeah yeah, yeah. it's um, it's not a matter of faith it's a matter of um of objective reality, reality and that's the first yeah. time that that's been made apparent so i find that interesting apart too. from apart from putting gods in in water and taking them away but again that could be people like but like we've got a god in some water and then the god stays there because people don't realize that's happened or but yeah. We haven't known that the gods are there, but we haven't known that the gods can do stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, man, yeah. Uh, half Mayday, half clap for carers. Uh, the <laughs> theological implication that the gods have been chronically underfunded by a conservative administration for the last <laughs> decade is...
0: But that's it, right? It's industry. Um, the gods have had to turn to sponsoring raft races and being, and being <laughs> like dedicated to in- industrial houses, right? Because the faith's going. The faith's moved elsewhere. And people still have faith in it, but it's not faith at the Delta. Um, oh, hot damn. And yeah, uh, so this festival is sort of an affirmation that the gods are important. Um, partly publicity, partly real. Uh, there's a real movement. A lot of people are getting on, on this bandwagon um and i think because of this t- this card this beautiful card i think there are garlands of these wild flowers these weed flowers these um uh like these river flowers made of made of water itself and these fire flowers and they decorate the whole city um there are banners um and each like there's got to be a whole a whole thing um everyone there's like a there's like a public holiday for the whole day um or for maybe a few days where all work shuts down and the industrial houses know that this is necessary to remain public face uh, because they know that they can do this now and people know that the industry can do this now and they're like "Mm, we need some pr quickly um the artifice. there was an artisanal riot there was an art, there was a riot which destroyed the livelihoods of a bunch of our contractors and oh boy we need to not have that happen to us do <laughs> which cupboard, that was the second four was it uh yes i think so yeah three of wands <laughs> three of wands
1: here we go uh so this is and our, what have I think we got here three three of three of wands not three of wands which is what my brain heard
0: yeah <laughs> three of wands um a new <laughs> oh my God, a new craze style fad or devotion sweeps our place. What is it? Who cares about it? oh God, um ah <laughs> uh, so hmm,
1: okay, so.
0: Again, we, we can either... jump around in time a bit if we want to. We do have a full century to play with, but um... we do, we do. <laughs> um, the, I mean, the,
1: the fun thing about that is, though, you know, it, if you've got a, if you haven't got a story to pick up, you can just jump around a little bit and then pick something else up. But uh, there, so there is um, a new style fad or devotion sweeps our place. <sighs> See, the thing which immediately jumps in my head. That would hit all three of those pretty hard, would be like you know, uh, uh the, the rainbow flag NHS thing, which the oh, Mount yeah, it was like, and hey, co tried to do. Hey, hey, um, that's a, that's our thing.
0: What are you doing, NHS?
1: Exactly, yeah, everyone, everyone going. Guys, we, we literally show this as a as a as a pin, so LGBT patients know that you're safe to talk to. But oh no, okay, I <laughs> guess we're doing that.
0: Let's erode that. Ugh. And then and
1: then it becomes very crab buckety. It's like you know, why don't you have your NHS rainbow flag up? Yeah. Um, you know, it would it would be the wearing of uh, water steel knives again um, as like a quite a public thing. But that oh, that's so crab buckety. I don't want to. It's the worst thing about. The UK is <laughs> how crab buckety <laughs> we are. I don't want to just infect everything with that.
0: Um, ah, TTRPG, a place to escape from reality.
1: <laughs> a place to escape from reality. But the, the way you got me into TTRPGs was playing a dystopian <laughs> cyberpunk Sorry, game. G- during lockdown. <laughs> during lockdown, which is not making me feel better about things. Um, uh, oh, God. Uh, you, you know you know what let, let let me let me soften this a little bit i'm going to mm. say that 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 does kind of happen um but it evolves quite quickly into uh, a renewed fascination with boating and there is there is a as a chain here so um this is big festival uh, everyone's talking about you know devotions and stuff and there's a renewed kind of, oh, hey, look, sponsored, God-sponsored boat races. Mm. Uh, there's, there's a renewed interest in those. So that kind of kicks off. Um, and then that transitions pretty, after like sort of six months to a year, transitions pretty smoothly into, hey, it's fun just to be on a boat, on the water, pootling around, doing things. And we now, if we're talking about industrialization, then you know, maybe we've got a bit of a middle class floating around now. Um, maybe a bit of disposable income, the the concept of uh, paid employment and salaries and and wages, so you might have days off. And what you do with those days off is you get a punt and you punt around uh, various waters doing things, having picnics, meeting up, saying hi, um, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, And this is, we saw that we did see this. This is one of the positive things in the UK. We did see this in Edwardian times, though everybody was interested in boating for a while. Um... The the chief uh, uh, legacy of which seems to be the Henley Regatta. Um, but for a while, all over the country, there were, um, you know, rowing and punting and uh, sailing associations were like the, uh, so, you know, social hubs. And everybody had funny colored blazers and little dongles and hats and things. And, you know, it's a good time. Um,
0: <laughs> Love a blazer is-
1: dongle. I mean, this is this is my general approach to everything with the British upper classes. There are so many, like, fancy cool things associated with various different, you know, activities. And we like the fancy cool things. We hate the class prejudice <laughs> that comes with
0: it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other cool thing about punting and picnics is because you are literally going along the territory that is or holds or houses the gods is that you yeah. are literally going, like, we're going to go visit a god today as like a rec- as a public pastime <laughs> yes definitely
1: and that t- and it it it. i feel like it what we have here is quite a social religion as well like it's yeah. one where and and this is in, instantly the, if it could because it becomes a social scene then you know uh it's where you met your partner it's um where you took your kids out it's where um, you uh, saw half a dozen people who you knew from work, and you now you're now mates with them because you will go punting together weekends. Also, punting is just great fun. I've done it like <laughs> half a dozen times in my life, it's and it, I have enjoyed every single time.
0: Love to be on water. This is this is a thing that Lois, uh, my partner, has noticed about British people. A whole lot is we love water in all its forms, like a disproportionate amount. Every holiday, it's like let's go to a beach. Every every opportunity, we're like, oh, it's a river. Let's look at this river for a bit. And my partner's just like, what? It's a good river. What are you doing? <laughs> I, I mean, my, um, my counter-argument to
1: that would be we grew up on an island yeah. uh, and it rains all the time. Like, It's not so <laughs> much obsessed. that we like going on holiday to where there's water, Is that if you want to go on holiday, you're going to be by water sooner or later.
0: True. <laughs> Whether it
1: comes from the sky or below. Um and that is, one. I, I should also add, that observation is 100% accurate, and I am now, reached, <laughs> one of my favorite things about the place I live in now is there's little rivers all over the place, and like every time I go, oh, hey, look, what a little river, isn't that neat, that's nice. Well, the ones here are, like, like full of fish, so mm. many fish you would not believe. It's very, very cool. I'm,
0: I'm excited for eventually coming to visit. Um... Oh, damn. Uh,
1: You you shouldn't be. You need a car to get around here, and I can't drive. So (laughs) you can kind of arrive.
0: I can show you a couple of breweries, and that's basically it. Incredible. Um, I was going to say also, uh, just a fun linguistic idea, is that when you go visit a god or you meet... like You know how people say, I'll meet you at the corner of such and such, or I'll meet you by the landmark... Um, I like the idea of people because this is now a social religion and people are going to visit the God. I like that of, like, "Oh, we'll meet you with this God like oh, we're going to go oh. we're going to go for dinner with God like the the specific god that's, gods. A,
1: that's and, nice, that's a nice linguistic convention.
0: especially in this like more inclusive idea that, that this more inclusive craze that's come up. I like this as a linguistic convention that grows up in this time mm. um instead of being like oh we're going to this water to pray or like we're going along this water of this god it's like oh we go we're going boating with swithin (laughs) you know yeah um i should draw a card um four of pentacles uh there is some sort of a person with a crown who is sat maybe on a house hard to tell there's a city in the background And they've got a pentacle balanced on their head, they're holding a pentacle, they're hugging a pentacle in their arms, and they've got their feet on two pentacles, which feels very like we love gods now.
1: It's it's a strong (laughs) interior design choice, is all I'm saying.
0: Uh, And this is our third four. We're getting a lot of fours at the minute. Um, Four, three. Okay, um... Something new has been constructed and stands where there was once something else. What was once there and what has replaced it? I think, uh, on the site of that artisanal, the, the original artisan who, um, who forged burn into an artifact, I think they have put a temple there. Um, it's not a big temple, but it's a temporal. No, I know. Yeah. It, it's a tem- it's a memorial temple. So, um, it's they've planted a memorial tree that there was one cultivated that hadn't been dedicated to anyone, that someone a, a, like a, a botanist was like making this memorial tree, and they've moved it um, wholesale uh, to the site of this artisanal um, artisanal building. or maybe or maybe this is something that grows up over a long period of time. They put a memorial tree to this to the god burn and they build a temple on the tree. So like it's like having a building on mangrove, basically. So like the the idea is that it won't it won't move with the rivers. It won't move, um, uh, in the way that um, other temples might um, because it's built on into the tree, on on the tree itself, uh, and it's a memorial temple to burn. Um. Yeah, I think it takes a while for this tree to grow up.
1: I do like that. I I, I almost asked you, by the way. At the end of the last card. By the way, you know what what happened to the river where
0: the god used to be? Oh um, shit! I hadn't considered that aspect actually. Um, maybe it's always a dry a bit of dry land. Uh no, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's true. I, I think, I think, God, gods would, the god would have moved on at some point anyway. So I think, yeah, I think it's a memorial tree that doesn't move. Um the 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 other the other
1: bit of that is if we're talking about uh the flooding every year and sometimes the rivers are there and sometimes they aren't, and sometimes the gods are the same, and yeah. sometimes they aren't. You know, it's it's a problem that sort of solves itself in six months anyway. Yeah. I'm I'm just glad that the industrialists haven't gone, oh well technically gods are a renewable resource, so <laughs>
0: Well, we'll see. <laughs> um I think this is a nice little cap on this mini-arc, I guess. I don't know. or We'll see where the card's take us. Um, but yeah, I think that's my turn. I don't think I needed anything specifically big for that. Uh, Ace of Swords. Ace of Swords. What does the card look like? Uh, it's a big floating hand with a cloud behind it with a sword uh, above like a mountain range. The sword has little flames around it. It's not a burning sword. It's a sword that has the heat of fire near it uh, and at the top of the sword um, the the sword is upright and at the tip of the sword the sword is crowned and there are garlands falling from the crown um, or there are garlands coming out of the crown basically one of what looks like possibly seaweed and one of which looks more like berries and leaves good
1: card good card okay so this is uh, this is ace number four I think um, what's that? Fourth a four days. Oh my god, sometimes change is so slow that the world shifts unnoticed. What is the groundswell that has been taking place so quietly? Um, oh man, this is an interesting one. So, we've already had a bit of this going on, which is, is nice. Um, mm. uh, so we've had some industrialization, we've had um. You know what? I'm gonna say. Yeah, I, I'm gonna kind of riff on something I did before. The groundswell that's happened here is is the shift to, um, to a society with stronger ideas about. Um, it's not just a society where you, where you labour all the time. Um, and I should note, even even in our world, societies where which we think of as uh, people labour all the time, yeah, okay like even peasant societies, for instance, you do get a lot of days off. Like medieval peasants had a lot of religious days off. So they were they were getting about the same amount of time off as us, ignoring that, you know, you still have to milk the cow and feed the pigs and so on. Hmm. Um, that that statement may be completely inaccurate. Again, caveat, I am not a historian. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm going to say that the groundswell is changed from a society where we work all the time to a society where we have more leisure time um, and stronger ideas about time off and time in work. Um, And the implication of that is, uh, you know, the the, uh, the disposable time and income to do, um, well, one, things like punting and more hobbies or more art or just exploring the world in different ways which don't rely on, um, you know, professional making things. Like, society always has artists. Every society has artists. But in this case, now we have more people doing art and more stories and more things, which I like.
0: Mm. So a society with, like, more time to devote energy to artistic, like, purely artistic pursuits and purely leisure pursuits, um... Yeah, yeah. There's a leisure industry growing up. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> there is a leisure industry. Welcome to the Thousand Blades Leisure Centre. No diving <laughs> in the shallows. <Shanghai.
0: laughs> oh, we've got a swimming pool and some Crossfits in the in the fantasy <laughs> future. That's yeah. We've made a whole new a whole new world. <laughs> there are Crossfits in here. We do zumba with the gods. <laughs> Zumba was our
1: act of religious devotion. Actually, now I think about it, I have met a few people who were along those lines.
0: Holy shit. Okay, I've drawn the next card. The, it's our next 10. Um, Hot oh, damn! So there we the go. End of this, the era
1: followed quite quickly. This is, this is a short era compared to our other ones.
0: Yeah. Uh, the other thing about this era um, <laughs> this card is just a picture of a man lying in his front. <laughs> uh he's he was wearing a red robe in life but uh unfortunately this person is lying face down they've got armor on one arm uh and they've got 10 swords in them uh the sky is cloudy and with storms and it's black with storms in fact uh yeah and there's just 10 swords in this poor person <laughs> I mean, we, we've all had Saturday mornings like that after Friday night. <laughs> Either you wake up to find you've bought nine swords or you get ten swords stuck in you. Uh, truly <laughs> a Manchester night out. <laughs>
1: I, like, I like the idea that you wake up to find you bought ten swords and that's the optimal outcome, which I'm not going to lie, but it's an optimal outcome for everyone except your bank account. True. And, and anybody you happen to disagree with, I guess. <laughs>
0: um, okay, well, this, this Jesus Christ, the Ten of Swords. Um, is this our second ten? Second ten. This is
1: uh, end of the second age? Yeah.
0: Yeah?
1: Yeah. I think. First age. Yeah, it's First, end of the second age. Uh, our industrial yeah. age.
0: We had the prehistory. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, so last time we had... Um someone important dies, so we've got to choose a different one now. Um yeah. which is a shame because that <laughs> that I we did we basically did this card at the end of the first age, which is nuts. <laughs> um It's a bad omen, that card, it looks like. Um so we've got a few options. The gardens are planted, there's great victory, there's great loss, there's a resting day. I'm i'm gonna go it is a resting day in anticipation of problems just across the horizon
1: i I was just looking at that that dovetails with omen nicely doesn't it
0: yeah and i think it also dovetails with the perceived resolution of our problem in this era is the iconic moment of the god being destroyed and made into something with utility i don't think there's a way of putting that genie back in the bottle um, even though society has shifted around that great change, uh, and even though society went really hard on turning the tide back against that, in the indes- in the interest of um, faith and theocracy and social norms, it, even though there was a big reaction against that, there's no way that that goes back in the bottle, right? So I think. It is a resting day. I think it's the last... I think that public holiday has become a public holiday every year, the May Day and Memorial of Bourne, um, of Bern. Uh So it's, it's Burns Day, um, in the last of this era. And I, I think this is one of the last Burns Day where people remember exactly what happened, right? This is a Burns Day where it's become... 50 year old or 60 year old memory and it's becoming dim in people's minds as to the actual moral of the story um and there are the people who are old enough to know who were on the side of the gods and and the status quo know that things are shifting but for now it's a good day people love to celebrate and a lot of people ride on boats
1: Nice. Nice, I like that.
0: I just love the image of this person. We talked about a god being pinned like a butterfly, and this person is just absolutely punctured (laughs) in so many ways, pinned to the ground at what looks like a river. So it just feels appropriate that this is the moment that... There is a transfiction of gods in the future, I feel like. And people know that that, that's going to happen. Okay. End of the era. End of the era. After every cycle. When a player draws a ten of any suit, time advances. The player rolls the six-sided die, and this number plus the unit of time decided at the beginning of the game is the length of our gap. Roll this die now. We can choose to go forward or backwards in time. Let me get a d6. Ugh. Let's choose. I've got a really nice metal one somewhere. I'm gonna roll this die. One century. One century.
1: Uh I'd be up for going forward. I feel for, I'm, I'm happy with forward. Yeah, we I'd be set up for enough interesting things there that that I I want to see what happens next. I'm not automatically horrified. If it was five <laughs> centuries forward, I'd be like, oh no, absolutely not.
0: <laughs> also, uh, with the scale of how industry changes, I think we've got a lot that we can get into in this next century if you know what i mean yeah um yeah i think that's good so we've got a few questions to answer um although the slow passage of time can make a place unrecognizable try not to focus too much on these gaps much might have shifted in our world but we will discover more of this during gameplay do our characters or civilizations still live here if not who lives here now does anyone i think the answer is yes
1: I feel yes, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think this is a different generation of people, but like it's the same people, capital P. Um, I don't know where. the the magic is we
1: will get to find out.
0: Uh, yeah, that's true. But this could be a moment in. I don't think. I don't think this is the story we want to talk about in this one. But this is the moment in. Uh, You know, like, between novels, suddenly there's, like, oh, this is a new group of people in the last 20 years between novels. um, There's been mass immigration of this particular culture. There was a war over here, and you can look at that um, as a sudden change if you wanted to, but, like, I think there's enough to be going on with here. Um, uh, Okay. What does the place physically look like now? Has anything visually changed? How does it smell now? How does it feel here? Uh, So we're talking increased industrialization, um, but also advancement of technology. Yeah. Um, you know what?
1: I'm I'm gonna say. One of the changes is, uh, people are seeing the benefits of a more per a, a more permanent uh, living and working space, mm. and I think in some places this is looking like you know, investing in hard flood defences and um, trying to stop channels from moving and that kind of thing. And in some places, this is looking like um, uh, bigger and more uh, uh, kind of useful and homey boats to live on. Mm. So people are, you know, whereas a couple of generations ago, you might have lived in a, a house on an island and then maybe you shift that house um with the with the sands um now maybe people are living on uh, big rafts um so they can keep their permanent home together and just move it around as they need to
0: mm. I think the I think the other thing that I'd like to see visually is that we've got more buildings made of the metals um yeah, I think they're I think there's a water steel tower or like a water, like a water metal tower built where that, where the high priestess's temple once stood. I think it's, I think it's been redone (laughs) as it were. Um, so there's like a water spire. Um, that's cool. How does it smell now? Does it smell different?
1: Um, I think it probably smells relatively cleaner. Um you know in fact you know what? I'm I'm just I'm gonna go full uh, Victor Hugo. I'm gonna say that um they've developed a sewage system Hell, beyond throwing yeah. it into the river.
0: <laughs> oh like because because like now we respect the gods, we don't want to put the shit in the houses. The next three sessions will just be me describing drainage systems. <laughs> uh incredible. <laughs> <laughs> See, this
1: is this is what I, I meant earlier about me being occasionally able to fake being an arts graduate because I have never read Les Mis. I've never even watched the film or seen the musical. <laughs> all I all I know about this is that there's a trope about Victor Hugo being very interested in describing Paris's sewer system, and I find it very funny.
0: Oh boy, howdy is he interested in that sewer system? It's very good. Oh. <laughs> um. So it smells less like poo. In a way that we didn't realize it smelled like poo before, but now it's gone. Mm. I guess it smelled like poo before. Um. I, I guess it smelled like poo before. I guess it did. Which is
1: not not unreasonable. Like you know, one of the when when they introduced uh, deodorant in our world, the the big challenge uh, in getting people to adopt deodorant was not the idea that oh, you know. Uh, this deodorant is better than whatever before. It was getting everybody to discuss BO because <laughs> apparently the convention of one was, yeah, like obviously everyone stinks. We're stinky people. That's just how it works. You yeah. wash as much as you can, but you just have BO and that's it. <laughs> and nobody, nobody would kind of, you know, it's like, well, yeah, obviously I stink and so I have to rub this thing on myself so that I don't, don't stink anymore. Nobody would admit that they stank. <laughs> so there, there you are. God. Uh, so now now smells less like poo thanks to the Victor Hugo memorial sewer
0: system. The <laughs> oh, Thousand Blades Victor Hugo. Um, how does it feel here? Um, I think it's starting to feel more metropolitan, but in a way that, like, having raft boats feel metropolitan is very cool to me. <laughs> so maybe maybe we're starting to see taller buildings, but they're on rafts um that's cool uh and it's difficult to do foundations when you are on a boat but people have worked out something (laughs) um and maybe we're starting to see bigger boats in the harbors as well uh, in in the harbors Mm -hmm. of the delta on the sea in the shield um in the shield of the thousand blades the um there's bigger boats um Next question, does the place still use the same name? If not, what is it called now and who calls it that? Uh, any thoughts? Because <laughs> I'm having none. Thousand Blades is such a good name. I feel very low to give it up. It is a good
1: name. And I, I, I mean, I, I'm i not great with uh, inventing names for places. Um, but I think, you know, I, I, I mean, if we want a, a rationalization for this, um, I'd lean towards it still uses the same name. And the reason for that is, uh, you know, the more things change, the more people look for continuity. Mm-hmm. Um, I can definitely see uh, people uh, taking pride in the old name and re- and kind of resisting a change and, and being proud of um, the continuity uh, with the old uh, city, especially, when, again... I'm, I'm cross referencing where I grew up here. London, people are very proud that London, yeah, look, London, capital of the world, 2000, 2000 years old, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Even though the London of today is unrecognizable uh, to the London <laughs> even 80 years ago, let alone yeah. 800 years ago.
0: Yeah. London-ium. Londonium. Londonium. London. 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 It's been London. London. Forever. Yeah.
1: My favorite part of Hot Fuzz is when. Bill Bailey's sergeant goes, uh, Sergeant Whitehouse. Someone from Linden called for you. <laughs> London, right? So he's not not hundred percent sure where it is, <laughs> or, what, or what it was for.
0: The disdain with which everyone says London in that in that uh, film just makes me incredibly happy as someone who is from the West Country. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've had to sort of unpack that over the over the course of my life, but like. That's one thing <laughs> I can really get behind. Is people going London, London. right? Never mind, Emmet. That's <laughs> well, a bit, well, bit, bit <laughs> oh, far east far, for, for further south further than me. That's Cornwall. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, um, so I think I think we'll call it there. I think that's a I think that's a really nice place to stop. Is looking looking over this new metropolitan era in the shadow of a god imprisoned in a lost artifact um a god that has become a lost artifact um and yeah I, th- I think looking over this new technological city that's still afraid of its own industry but still hopeful for the future is a really nice place to leave
1: yeah 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 definitely.
0: yeah that's some good stuff today really good stuff today uh do we have a new segment to close us out
1: we do have a new segment. This is a this is a segment called uh, continuity. Well, no, it's not. It's called. Let me try that again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ah, the grand debut. Let me try that again.
1: <laughs> we do we do have a new segment. Uh, this is uh, credulous corner, where uh, I talk about um, little world building details from our own reality, uh, which probably are the creator pushing things a little bit too far in terms of suspension of disbelief. <laughs> um, and today's uh today's topic is a shout out to anyone who is into folk horror type stuff and it comes to us uh courtesy of let me pull the name of the place yes the porterway Inn in herefordshire in staunton on wye um have you ever been to the porterway in lj uh, uh that porterway Inn.
0: I don't think I I I mean, I can't
1: imagine why you would have been, but uh, (laughs) if if you had been there for renovation work in 1879, you would Mm. have been there when they found 24 horse skulls screwed to the underside of the floorboards. That's that's a lot of horse skulls to have. It's a lot of horse skulls. (laughs) Uh, And in fact, if you'd been to uh, High House in Peterchurch, also in Herefordshire, you would have found 27 under the floorboards in the same way. That's... Uh, and then of course there's Thrimby Hall in Cumbria uh, where they found quote many unquote under the <laughs> under the floorboard <laughs> in the parlor we, we didn't count these ones we <laughs> we were gonna but we didn't want to. this this is not an uncommon thing um the the uh, the, the book I was referencing from came from uh, physical evidence for ritual act sorcery and witchcraft in Christian Britain a feeling for magic uh, 2015 publication date and the editor mm. is Ronald Hutton. Um, this particular section of the book, the author found. Uh, did a review and found fifty-four examples of this practice in England, what? and then the literature has examples uh, of twenty-seven uh, locations in Wales, numerous locations in Ireland, one in Scotland, and even a few in the USA. Which my assumption would be uh, is by uh, British and uh, Irish people That's emigrating nuts. there and repeating the practice. Just, there's yeah. like over a hundred of like these pubs that just have. It's horse not heads? just pubs.
0: It it's not just pubs, and it's not just um, you know like public rooms. Because I was doing a lot in eighteen twenty seven, but apparently not discovering horse heads under under buildings. <laughs> <laughs> so the, there are a couple of
1: explanations for this. The, the the most obvious one is what's called a foundational sacrifice. So um, you know you, you build a new building, you kill an animal, you entomb it in the uh, <laughs> you in kill, the building. You kill twenty seven horses. You kill twenty-seven horses. Um, the other uh, explanation that is given is that it makes the sound go better. In the Portaway Inn, the uh, I think it's Tim Hughes, who is a name I know, did a lot of folklore studying uh, in the early twentieth century. Mm. The the quote he's written is uh, quote to make the fiddles go better unquote, <laughs> which is just <laughs> you know folk, what makes the folk fiddles go better fuck.
0: You know that makes the the fiddles go better,
1: Ed do you know what makes the fiddles go better? Is it is it twenty four <laughs> <laughs> but, but this explanation is advanced consistently. and there there's some discussion about whether it's um it's actually a thing or whether it's, you know, someone has tried to explain why it's a tradition that we take a horse skull and screw it to the underside of the floorboards. But it, it the ones in Ireland, definitely, there seems to be a correlation with um, they put it under the hearthstone, and that's because that's where people would display their dancing at parties. And, you know, the idea is as you, as you stamp on the fleet, you get a nice sound... Gonna, uh, from like it's like a, you know what's the, you're you're the musical sound person. What's the word I'm looking for here? Like you get, a sound, like a, you um, get like a
0: tambourine situation with all the teeth, <laughs> or is or are you thinking more of an acoustic quality? It gives you more. It's of an like acoustic. A, mm. It's
1: supposedly an acoustic quality.
0: Ah, uh, when you thump this stone, it sounds better because you get a little bit of that horse acoustics. Horse acoustics. Mm. So there you go. So the next time uh, you, oh my God. Uh, you know,
1: someone accuses your your world details of being um maybe a little a little too far a little unbelievable tell them about the over a hundred places in the british isles and ireland uh where people put
0: horse skulls under the floor to make the fiddles go better and with that i think we're gonna close this episode thank you for listening to lucid strata uh, and we'll see you next time (laughs) and maybe we'll be dancing on horse heads goodbye goodbye you have been listening to lucid strata with your hosts lj and ed lucid strata was recorded and edited by leverett jakes and produced by lois stone all the music on the show was written performed and recorded by lo cinnabar aka me you can find more at low-cinnabar.bandcamp.com that's low as in l-o-w and cinnabar as in the island in pokemon red Finally, this week's game was The Ground itself by Everest Pipkin. You can find more about Everest Pipkin's work on everest-pipkin.com, including their new game, The World Ending Game. Lucid Strata, a world-building and storytelling actual play podcast. Time to wake up. Come dream with us again sometime.